All right, welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. I am your host, Mason Magruder, coupled today by Jacob Newton. And today we are doing a YouTubers type intro. And of course, if you are listening to this, then you have got to be heading on over to BNC Fieldhouse. Head on over to BNC Fieldhouse where the best drink deals on Watch Avenue, as well as the best place to watch the big game. Head on over there every single Wednesday for 50 Cent Wings. Yes, you got winning Wednesday on every single Wednesday night moving forward. And of course, you'll have mug deals on Thursday and you'll have FAC deals on Friday. And of course, every single Saturday and Sunday, you will have deals and the best place to watch the big game. So head on over there, support our boy, Ben. And without further ado, we will get into Willie Harvey. Thank you guys for tuning in. All right, should I just do a regular one now in case we just don't uh, want to? That one was actually pretty fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had to mute myself because I was laughing too hard. <laughs> I, was like, I, I, I don't want this to interrupt his like to pick up on it and shit. So, <laughs> uh, okay, okay, I feel really good about that. I'm shaking. <laughs> I've never talked that I mean, fast I, in my life. I felt like you know, like when they say like actors truly get into like their characters and stuff. <laughs> you 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 did that with this, like you you Taylor. just like, and then <sighs> YouTuber. <laughs> Million Taylor's in the other room and she just texted me and said, Whoa, I hate that you could actually be a YouTuber from that. <laughs> <laughs> and without further ado, we will get into Willie Harvey. Thank you guys for tuning in. All right, welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today, we have a very important guest. NFL PA collegiate bowl participant, three-time all big 12 coaches, honorable mention. And of course your favorite Cleveland Brown, Willie Harvey. Thank you so much for joining us today, man. Really pumped to have you. Sure, man. Thank y'all for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So my first question, I just got to get it right out of the way because it, it was already addressed in the intro, you know, mm-hmm. the 2016 season, honorable mention 2017 season, honorable mention. 2018 season. Oh, is he finally going to get his flowers and be a first teamer? I don't know. Boom. Honorable mention. I, I mean, I, I get that it's, it's honorable. That's why they call it. It's, it's great to be, you know, recognized. But what the hell is that? Like three years in a row, you're like, come on, man. I, I mean, how, how does that feel, I guess? Honestly, it got to a point where I was like, I don't like my production said enough for itself. And I was like, man, I don't even care about these awards. Like, Obviously, I don't get paid enough to decide who gets what or, you know, how they feel about certain players. But I was like, man, I don't even care at this point because it was kind of like a routine thing. So I really didn't. I mean, going into the season, like after a couple of years of honorable mention, it's almost like they owe it to you. (laughs) Even if you even if 2018 was your worst season, which it certainly wasn't, even if it was like, you know what, we've. We've just been like putting him right at right there too many different times. Let's just finally give it to him. Like, oh, I was pissed off when I saw that. I didn't even yeah. recognize it until I was kind of doing some reading up on your bio. I was like, geez, three years in a row. It's brutal. Yeah, it was it was definitely disheartening. You know, early on, you're like, okay, I played pretty decent. You get honorable mention your first year. And you're like, okay. And then my second year, I had a great year. Um, well, my junior year, I had a pretty good year at linebacker. Um, and I was playing a couple couple different positions, and I still per, like produced a lot. So I was like, all right, I'm at least getting third team. Like, I already had it in my head, I'm at least getting third team. It was like honorable mention. I'm like, okay, I get it now. So that's where the transition started. I'm like, I don't even care. I'm just going to play the best ball I can and see what happens. So, 
Whatever. Number two on the field, number one in our hearts, and first team uh, All American in our hearts. I thought I. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I guess my kind of question is, you know, you've been in the NFL now for a few seasons. How hard has it been to kind of take that step from college to NFL and then also to stick? And, and what do you think are the things that have allowed you to, to stick in an organization, being an undrafted player and being able to stick around multiple years in a league that it is so hard to, you know, stick around for that long? Um, I would just say your mindset, you know, obviously if you get to this level, um, someone in the organization, wherever you're at, thinks you have the capability and the athletic ability to be there, right? But it's more so of a mindset thing to where, like, look, I got to even do more. I got to take care of my body more because um, the biggest separation from college and the NFL, like certain guys, you might get a, a, a second chance if you're injured in college. But in NFL, if you're not a top-tier guy and you're injured and you're not taking care of your body, it might be your last day. You know, you just never know. Um, so really standing your P's and Q's, you know, with the playbook and your body, um, you really got to treat it as, you know, um, this is my lifestyle. Like this is my lifestyle every day. So that's kind of how you, that's, that's really the biggest thing, just taking care of your, your body and staying sharp on everything as far as like the playbook and everything else. And just being a good person as well too. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, has that transition, has, has someone kind of like taken you under your wing a little bit? Has it been something that you've kind of, done yourself or like you know i guess how, how have you kind of like figured that out um just through observation you know um you kind of watch guys who are doing the right things and you, you see them succeed and you're like what are they doing and um so yes yeah, observation um of other guys who you know what i uh, plan to do in the future so that's pr- probably how i've done it so. nice love it yeah so um you know I obviously always want more film on Iowa state players at the elevated level. Uh, I, I think that's, you know, purely why I watch uh, the Chicago bears as much as I do. And probably the green Bay Packers, just cause I yeah. want to get some Alan Lazard tape, some David Montgomery tape. And so, you know, watching your tape mainly from the preseason, it shows that you truly are not only just, you know, a locker room leader, but an on the field leader. I mean, you're everywhere on the play. Um, but particularly, one game, I'm an Indianapolis Colts fan, and in 2019, <laughs> kind of going back to back with them. I think Swag Kelly was bringing us down yeah. for what would have been a miraculous touchdown to win the game. And then fourth and inches, all we needed was a couple inches, and then boom, Willie Harvey bats down the ball. And I was so pissed off because I was investing that I don't usually watch preseason games from start to finish, and that was one of the rare ones I did. So I was uh-huh. invested in that game. And then boom. We lose last play of the game. I'm like, oh, well, it's Willie Harvey. So tell me how to feel about that. As a diehard Colt fan and a diehard Cyclone, I felt really conflicted and you, you made me feel weird emotions. So tell me how to feel about that. I'm sorry about that, man. But I, I had to do what I had to do right there. I had to do. But now, nah, man, it was a great game. Um, um, I think that was the first game, you know, I actually like my confidence was was there. Like I can play in the league, like, even if it was just preseason, it was just like one of those moments where my confidence really skyrocketed and I felt I belonged in the league. So shout out to the coach, man. Okay, sure. <laughs> I, I mean, believe me, I saw that game and I saw you balling out because it wasn't just, um, I, I, obviously that was the play that ended it. So that was your best right. play that game. Yeah. But, um, you know, all across the field, you were getting solos and you were getting assisted tackles. You were just truly everywhere on the field. And mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, that's, 
it's so, you know, tough to really put yourself in the situation at the elevated skill level of, you know, the big leagues, because I can't even imagine what it's like to be a starter and just, you know, be playing against people like Aaron Donald. Like I, I would be terrified, you know, to play <laughs> against certain people like this, but even the preseason, you know, we see these tremendous athletes, these tremendous football players, you know, even make it to the NFL preseason and, and they just kind of disappear. So to see someone like you truly just like, you know, hold true to your game, even in, you know, the elevated level in the NFL is, is truly fun to watch, even if it was at the expense of my Indianapolis goals. Hey, man, appreciate that, man. Really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah I guess you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I feel like, you know, of, of all the NFL teams, is like Cleveland maybe the worst city to live in? Do you, do you like living in Cleveland? <laughs> How's that been? Actually, it's actually not that bad. Um, growing up in Florida, I mean, I've been blessed. I've had the best weather, you know, but it's not that bad. I mean, it can be a little warmer at times, but besides that, it's not bad at all. I mean, there's far worse places you can live, I'm pretty sure. Um, Let's play a game. What other NFL cities would be worse than Cleveland? I, I would say maybe Detroit. Um, never been there, so I can't really speak on that. Um, the only place I can truly speak on is um, probably Jacksonville, and because I live the hour away. So I was I already, actually about to say Jacksonville. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah, I know what the city is like because I've lived like in the area my whole life, so I've been there. You know my whole life and I, I know what what is there to do what is there not to do so yeah i would just say that just because I, i'm so used to it but i don't i don't really know any other places but cleveland's not How about that cincinnati? bad is cleveland better than cincinnati the city I'm, i've never i don't think i've ever been i don't know let's just say it is yeah, I, yeah i'd say cleveland's better yeah there we go yeah i mean i like it i like the city it's not it's not as bad as people may think it's really not I live in Pittsburgh right now, so that's why I had to kind of get a little jab. And what's going on here? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I worked for the Steelers for a few years. That's what brought me out here. And so it's like I kind of have built up a rooting for them, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I had to get a little jab. It's not like it's not like Pittsburgh's really like it's I think it's the same thing, you know. It's not everyone's cup of tea. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I actually like Pittsburgh, like the city. It's cool. It's cool. It's I love cool. it, honestly. It, it, it's an awesome city. Now, I don't know this for a fact, but one of our good friends, EJ Bibbs, I think he was in his final season at Iowa State when you redshirted. So I don't know if you uh if you guys got to know each other too much. Oh yeah. But it's my guy. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah. So th this is the shade I need to throw at him. When he was with the Cleveland Browns, they won, I think, I think four games. Now, since you've been with the Cleveland Browns, I think you guys have won over 25. So is that the formula? Just get Willie Harvey in your locker room and get EJ Bibbs out and boom, you're good all of a sudden? <laughs> That's what it seems like, man. If you want to win, just keep me around. <laughs> good. <laughs> um, so – I guess at both levels, you've, you've gotten, have gone through coaching changes, uh, you know, with Cleveland, you obviously went from Freddie kitchens to now Kevin Stefanski. Can you talk about kind of like how that is at the professional level? I'll, I have a follow-up question about obviously going from Rose to Campbell too, but I, I, I'd like to kind of like break it up. Um, I mean, honestly, it's, it's kind of the same, you know, because you get 
you get a year in with the with the staff and you you know get to know those guys and they get to know you and they they know what kind of player you are, they know your attributes and all this stuff. And then, you know, change happens, it's like a reset. Um, so it's always difficult, but um, I mean it's it's the nature of the business, it's something that everyone goes through at some point in their career. I mean, if you're if you're lucky, you don't get to go through it, but it's highly unlikely. So is it was it honestly kind of worrisome as a player, especially being on like, you know, practice, practice squad, like that, that kind of deal of, you know, um, with a change in coaching like that? Um, like I said, um, depending on your situation, I feel like I had a, a decent situation um, my first year. Um, they really started to like me, saw what kind of player I was becoming. And like I said, um, just starting over is always the hardest, you know, because you got to impress all over again. And you got to, you know, just show the coaches what type of player you are. So um, it's never easy. But, I mean, like I said, it's something you're going to go through in your career. So yeah. I guess my question with, uh, with that is, yeah, you have seen two different coaching changes from Paul Rhodes to Matt Campbell. Um, from Hugh Jack, Hugh Jackson or Jack? No, no, no. It was it was Freddie uh, Kitchens. Freddie yeah. Kitchens to Kevin Stefanski. The Kevin. Oh gosh, who was it? So was Hugh before Freddie Kitchens? Whatever. I'm getting all my coaches messed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> the coaching change from the collegiate level versus the coaching change from the NFL level. Which one do you think has a higher impact in the locker room? Higher impact. So, like, do, do you see the a noticeable difference more in the NFL with the coaching change or noticeable difference more at Iowa State with that coaching change? I would honestly say, well, I would just speak from my experience. Um, I would say they're about even. You know, um, of course, at Iowa State, we weren't as good as a football team at that point in time when we had our coaching change. Um and then things got better, you know, as we, we started to buy in and, you know, really invest in what the coach was saying, um, things started to turn around. And I feel like it was the same in the NFL. It's a bit different because it's more business oriented. But um, once you buy into a coach's system and believe in him and just do, you know, do what you got to do, um, it's all the same. Um, and it also depends where, you, where you're at and what type of coach he is. But. My in my experience, it was really all the same, to be honest. So, fair enough. Yeah, I wasn't sure if, um, because I, I think that would give a little bit more intel on, you know, does a collegiate coach have a higher impact on his team versus an NFL coach? I don't know because there is so much business at the NFL level. I mean, you got a GM, you got an owner to worry about, and sometimes owners can be super impatient. Uh, I know at the, you know, you have an athletic director to worry about at Iowa State, and maybe some pressure from fans and your competition but yeah I, I truly didn't know if there was more of an impact either which way but it, it probably just sounds like it, it just kind of depends on the situation it sounds like situational yeah definitely good deal so, well you you got it new this is all, all you right, all right um so i feel like your time as a cyclone was maybe one of the most like awesome timelines you could have as a player i guess you know i i feel like you kind of come in um, and you're at the end of Rhodes' tenure, morale's probably kind of low, you know, things like that. You get a coaching change, you get mm -hmm. Matt Campbell implementing this this change in program and how things are going. And then, sure. you know, your your last two seasons when you're you know playing a lot, making a big impact on the field, this Iowa State team is you know some of the best that we've had in, in a long time. 
I guess right. just how, do, how does that feel as, you know, an athlete to kind of see not only your hard work paying off, but like everyone else's, like the, the team collectively. And, and like, you know, is it just a, a really awesome feeling to kind of see that then pay off like the, on the on-field success you go from, you know, getting blown out in games and, and probably not having high morale to feeling like, Hey, we can compete with anyone on the football field. Um, yeah. I mean, nobody, if you're a competitive player, which all the guys in my class uh, were, um, you never want to lose. So that's all we ever wanted to do was win. And we didn't, we didn't care what we had to do. We just wanted to win. So when you finally start winning and you're winning games that you're not supposed to win, and then you're doing it back to back after year after year, you like, it builds a, a certain confidence. Like, man, we belong here. Like this is the standard now. So once, once we got to that feeling, it was like euphoria, like, of all my college, all my college days. So do you, do you have like a particular game where you feel like it was like, okay, we we're winning the game. Like we're here. Like, was there one particular moment you, you feel like you could look back on and say like, Hey, this is like the, you know, we're ready for anyone. Um, I feel like my junior year, we had some bumps, we had some highs and lows, but I feel like uh, the bowl game, uh, when we went up against Memphis and won that game, um, they were really highly ranked. Well, I think they're ranked. They're definitely ranked. I don't know what they're ranked, but um, they had a lot of great players, a lot of NFL players, and we beat them. And it was like, man, we you know we really can do this. Um, so that was like when the standard the standard was set. Um, I feel like after that Memphis game, I, I've always talked about. I actually mentioned it to Darren Wilson a couple interviews back, but how sometimes the smaller markets just have the most storybook Hollywood movie line scripts, right? And that enti- the entirety of the 2017 season to me. If you were to make a movie out of anything Iowa State related, I think you have a couple arguments with, you know, Fred Hoiberg kind of starting the transfer, you know, initiative in a way with basketball, collegiate basketball. And then the other one is the 2017 season where you beat the Heisman winner in Baker Mayfield, which I got I got a I got a Baker question later on. But you beat, you know, the Heisman winner in Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma in Norman. You beat TCU number three, I believe, or number four. At Jack Trice. Yeah. And everyone storms the field wearing Halloween costumes, which is hilarious. And at the very end, you have the Liberty Bowl where, you know, this team is completely, you know, counting you guys out, turning the helmet upside down, going into the game. You guys beat them in a dramatic fashion. David Montgomery didn't fumble. Joel Lanning says the fuck word. And then the stage breaks. Everything happens in that 2017 season. And I'm just like, that that was literally a movie script. Crazy. It was a crazy season, man. It was one to remember for sure, man. Definitely one to remember. Yeah. And um, my next question is actually in regards to the 2018 season when we had the fourth quarter comeback against K-State, down 17 points going into the fourth quarter. You had the strip sack to which Mike Rose snagged the football, ran it for a touchdown, and that was pretty much end game. But looking back at that, everyone's like the Mike Rose play, and no one's like the Willie Harvey play. <laughs> Everyone forgets that Willie Harvey was the person that stripped the ball. So does that ever make you want to fight him? I guess. Man, nah, man. Mike Rose, my brother, man. Shout out to Mike Rose, man. But nah, I mean, it's a it's a it's a team sport. Um, I don't really care who gets credit, as long as we can't like, as long as the we got the victory, man. I don't, I don't, I'm not really into all the recognition. I just, I just, I just want to win, and and that's it. I don't really care about anything else, to be honest. Win and get honorable mention year after year after yeah. year. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I win, 
don't care. I love it, man. <laughs> Following up on that, I feel like as a linebacker, what, what do you think is cooler, doing a strip sack or getting an interception? You only had one interception in your career. You did return for a touchdown, but yeah. like, um, I would say the interception um, because those are harder to come by. Like strip sacks are you you tackle somebody you he might you might get lucky here and there, but an interception is like oh you might get one every four three or four games maybe in your area. So I would definitely say interception. I respect that. Yeah. What what is it like to just have the mentality of a linebacker knowing that you're damn well going to get hit every single play? And I, I feel like whenever every single linebacker that I've either played with, played against, or even just met, they have kind of this, this just stone cold mentality of, I don't care if I'm going to get hit because I'm just going to hit you even damn harder. And I, I, I never played like that. I was always like a make, make you miss type dude. Yeah. I didn't hate <laughs> contact, but I didn't like it. So, I mean, do you love contact? Do you believe in the John Harbaugh quote that the human body craves physical contact? Um, I feel like every football player at this level, okay, I'm not going to say every, but the vast majority of us love contact. Um, now, except for Kyler Murray. <laughs> now I would say me personally, I'm not going to just run into you hard as I can. Every play It's more like a, a finesse game with me. I might hit you hard one. So I like to play games. I don't really like to just go be that guy who just try to, rams and kills people every play like that's not my style of play so nah well we've talked about how um how important it is to just keep up on top of your body and the linebacker the running back you know there are certain positions that are really tough to do that so you know being in one of the most physically dominant positions in football in the linebacker position i mean mm-hmm. it's, it's got to be harder to keep on top of your body isn't it um i mean not I don't think so. Um, I feel like, especially like with practices and everything, the NFL definitely take care of you the way you guys practice. Um, So the wear and tear really doesn't start until like mid season, end of season. So I feel like it's pretty, pretty easy. I mean, you're definitely going to be sore after every game. That's a given. Um, But nah, the maintenance is the easiest. The maintenance is probably the easiest part. You just got to do it. Um, And a lot of people don't do it. Yeah, you just got to have the discipline to do it. Yeah. Easier said than done for most. Yeah, definitely. What's what's like your go-to can't live without um, maintenance thing to do? Like, are you a big ice bath guy or, or, or like yoga or something like that? Or like, you know, kind of what's like the one thing like, I got to get this. I'm I'm going to do it all, guy. Like, if it's good for my body, I'm probably going to do it. Like, I'm a big yoga guy. I got into yoga actually really big. Um in 2020, I was like deep into yoga. Like I was going every other day. Um, and yeah, ice baths, sauna, you know, all the stretching every day. Um, just small stuff like that really adds up and it really helps like help with longevity and everything, um, injury prevention. So you got a favorite yoga pose, like chair, downward dog, childs. Uh I don't really not downward dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, chair is cool, um, but yo, downward dog is probably my least favorite yoga pose. Really? Least favorite? Yes. <laughs> there's there's a joke in there somewhere. Right? My brain's just not fast enough for it. Yeah, nah. <laughs> favorite, least favorite for sure. 
actually, here's a, here's a good one. I, I just, you know, Newt and I have been in the locker room long enough to at least understand, you know, how it kind of is. You know, we don't know an NFL locker room. We don't know a D1 football locker room, but we, we know the, the gist of what it is. So someone had, has got to have came up with a pretty funny nickname for Nick Chubb. What, what is that nickname? I, and there, there has to be a funny nickname, right? Nah, we call him Nick. Call him Chubb. Okay. Swing and miss. <laughs> Not all the questions are good ones. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I, I got an even dumber follow-up question. Baker Mayfield's last game against Iowa State in Norman, we beat him, obviously. Mm-hmm. Has he ever wished you a happy Father's Day from that or anything like uh, that? Nah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, nah, man, nah. Um, Do you ever give him shit for it, though? Nah, I mean, we joked about it. Um, we joked about it a couple times. Um, but I actually didn't even play that game, so I was kind of mad, like, I can't even really rub it in his face because I think I was, uh, I think I was still injured or I had like uh, pulled my hamstring that week or something. So I didn't actually play that game, but no, nah, I couldn't really brag like I wanted to because I didn't really play. But um, yeah, we, we talked about it, laughed about it a couple of times, but that was literally all it was. What, what is Baker like as a person? Cause to me, he seems very likable. I, I think when people maybe have their own opinions on him, it's probably because uh, there has been some sort of doubt thrown his way. And I just think of the average human being who doesn't have all of the media on him, all of, you know, the doubters talking about him behind their back And you know, anyone who gets that can be in a situation where they feel a need to defend themselves and maybe feel a little bit more harder headed, which is what we sometimes see in Baker. But as a guy, whenever I hear him in interviews or just kind of see him letting loose, he seems very cool. I, I don't know. So what is he like? Just kind of, kind of as a friend. Yeah, I mean, as a person, I mean, he's a cool dude, man. He he speaks to you. He's not above anybody. Um, at least with my personal relationship with him, he was always cool to me. Always spoke. Um, it was a nice dude. I gotcha. I I'm gonna be very blunt here. I kind of want to ask some quarterback questions. So if if you just need to tell me to piss off, that's fine. But what is kind of the locker room energy? with the quarterback situation in Cleveland. Was it a little awkward, I guess, at first when, you know, there was a, tr- a trade requested and everyone else in the league just kind of turned to each other like, hey, who, who's going to pick him up, you know? <laughs> I uh, mean, what, what is the energy that kind of surrounding the quarterback room right now? Um, I can't speak on the quarterback room, but, I mean, um, we all embrace the situation as a team and uh, we're looking forward to, you know, taking on the season with who we got. I mean, that's kind of our approach. And that's where, I mean, everybody's excited, of course. Um, But yeah, that's our approach. Whoever's here, yeah. we're going to, what we got to do to win. So. And that's how you have to be in the NFL, especially with all of the player mobility. And, you know, I always say control what you can control. You can't control right. any of the moves the owners are going to make or the owners, any of the moves the owners won't make sometimes. Um, right. So you really just got to do the best with what you have out there on, on your roster. And, and yeah, just, you know, put your ass to work, make it come to fruition on the field. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Um, have you, okay. I, I guess I have this theory kind of, of like, it's similar how basketball, like it's like kind of positionless a lot of times, like in the NBA and stuff. And I feel like the NFL and particularly defenses are starting to kind of have to do that because of how offenses are running. Do you uh-huh. think like at linebacker now, instead of being, I guess like, bigger and physical, it's way more important to be quick, agile and be able to cover. And like, do you see that continuing to like, I feel like now it's like, 
you aren't a linebacker. You're like a linebacker safety. Like that's like the mold that like successful linebackers are like, do you think that you're going to like keep seeing that change and like kind of this run stopper linebacker will kind of be obsolete? Right. Um, I honestly do. Um, because you know, like you said, the offenses or what they're doing, you got to have agile, fast, quick linebackers that can cover, um, who can cover receivers sometimes, who can cover in the slot, the running backs. So I definitely think uh, the smaller, faster guys are, are evolving in the NFL. And, you know, the younger guys are freaks now. So, so yeah, I, I definitely see it going that way. Um, and uh, I've even heard some other guys saying they thought the same thing. So I definitely think that's where we're headed. What, what what's like the hardest person you've had to try and guard like in coverage before just like man at, at any level like you've just been like this is not fun um let me think oh hardest to guard at any level well i was uh probably hollywood brown maybe oh yeah <laughs> yeah probably probably hollywood brown I had no business when I was, yeah, nah. But he's trying to get your hands on him right away. Like, yeah. like I, I'm just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably the hardest person I had to guard for sure, for sure. He just, he's just so fast. I mean, like, yeah, he's one of the fastest, quickest people in the NFL now. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was a challenge for sure, but I did what I had to do. So how, how was it playing alongside? an amazing linebacker in Mike Rose and then an amazing linebacker in Marcel Spears. Cause very rarely in Iowa state's history, did I ever feel, um, I guess insanely confident that our defensive unit was always, you know, just in a good position. I would say the Jake, not the AJ Klein era where we had those two at linebackers was one of the only rare circumstances where I'm like, wow, I, I feel like we got some actual dudes who I'm afraid of. And yeah, no. it wasn't until, you know, the Willie Harvey, Marcel Spears, and then eventually the Mike Rose, you know, linebacker situation where I'm like, wow, we got some dogs here. who are going right. to clog up the middle and they're not going to let many runs past them. Right, man. It was an experience, man. Um, those guys are like my brothers now. Um, and they taught me a lot, um, even to get to this point, you know, just how they played, um, how they studied. Um, and just how they went about the game. Um, but shout out to those guys, man. They they really have placed their mark in Iowa State history as a linebacker. So shout out to Mike Rose and Marcel Spears, man. Come on, boys. Come on the podcast as well, Marcel and Mike. <laughs> I'll get I'll get them on here for, for you. Ah, yeah. you're the man, Willie. Knew I liked you. Gotcha. <laughs> how um How's it kind of being in the Cleveland locker room this year when I would say maybe expectations are a little bit lower than they were last year? Is it kind of nice to fly under the radar a little bit? Um, you, Are you saying me personally as a player or are you saying the team? I think kind of like the team. I, I felt like last year, like two years ago, you guys obviously kind of like surprised people, made the playoffs, got a playoff win, kicked the Steelers' uh, asses at Heinz Field. Obviously, there weren't fans there, so like asterisk around it. But um, – <laughs> Oh, you, you, of course, Newt. Of course, I know. I'm just messing. Big Ben was terrible that game. That was horrendous to watch. Holy shit! Glad he's retired. Anyways, um, <laughs> but like, and then you obviously kind of have this, this, you know, like, so you guys have expectations and stuff like that heading in this upcoming season, and you know, probably not what you guys thought. 
um, didn't make playoffs, that kind of stuff. Is it then kind of almost nice to not be in that spotlight a little bit or, um, or I, I personally don't, I don't, I don't, the whole expectation things, I don't really get into it because it's like, this is a new year. You have new players, you got new identity. You got to learn the players. You got to learn the playbook all over again. So it's just like, I wouldn't say we get caught up in the, the the expectations of, you know, everybody else. We're just like here trying to perfect what we got to perfect and then move along each day and try to get better. Um, that's kind of what our approach has been like. Um, so, I mean, maybe others have personal expectations, but like as a team, I feel like we're just trying to do the best we can each and every day um, to try to earn a spot on this team. So, I feel like preseason rankings, preseason hype, it all goes down the toilet once the yeah. season actually starts. Yeah. And another thing with that is the NFL draft. Everyone says, oh, you know, so the Giants were the best, had the best draft of anyone. And then five years later, we realized, oh, they might have had the worst draft than anyone. So for the sake of trying to catch you on a cold take, who had the best draft in this year's draft? Go. Oh, we did for sure. All right. Good answer. (laughs) Woo. Without a doubt. Coaches are gonna hey, love that one. Hey, yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what I want to hear. This man's well versed. Do they share all the rookie numbers with everyone, or is that pretty much just uh just a couple people will reach out to the rookies, they don't want to bombard them, or is it kind of like a free fall? Hey, welcome to the Cleveland Browns. You're my new brother. Um, I mean, we they introduce themselves and we you know we all talk to them. Like once you're here, we embrace you. So we get to know you pretty fast and make you feel welcome. Um, so it's pre- it's pretty easy transition. Uh, you play. Do you have to do anything? Uh, I don't know, like for rookie haze or anything like that. I know that they kind yes. of have hard knock sometimes. Were, uh, you, were you having to do any singing or show off some dance moves <laughs> uh, or some shit? Yeah, yeah. My first year, I had to sing, but it wasn't bad. Um, I had to sing, and we had to take uh, the, the rookies had to take the position, the linebacker position group, out to dinner. <laughs> It wasn't crazy, um, so it's not as bad as you may think. What'd you bad. say? What'd you sing? Oh, good not. question, Newt. I do not remember. I, I, <laughs> was it like, do you believe in life after love? Do you believe in uh, life after love? Newt, put uh, that little sound bite in here. Do you believe in life after love? I have okay. <laughs> <laughs> So this is one of my last questions. I've asked this with so many different people because to me, it's just, it's criminal. It's unfair. So Kyle Kemp told us that, you know, a lot of the football boys created an intramural basketball team or it was you, Hakeem Butler, Marchie Murdoch, just a bunch of studs that you would just go and play against commoner peasants like Newton and I, and literally <laughs> dunk on all of us. So Shouldn't that be illegal, right? That hey, should be legal, right? I'm not even going to lie. There were some, there were some, some, some hoopers on other teams. Like we, we thought we were going to dominate some teams where we almost lost a few games. It was like these guys are for real. So it wasn't. It wasn't all. We almost lost some games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty- what the hell? <laughs> we almost we didn't go undefeated. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. We 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 almost lost some games. It was. It came down to the wire. Time, so you guys like sign up for the C League too and stuff, just to like make sure. Oh yeah. No, no, no. We're nah. <laughs> hey, we're in the best league. 
<laughs> okay, Willie, how about this? We asked this to everyone, but I'm going to switch up this question. So I was going to ask me and Newt on you, you know, I, I guess in the football field, you're covering one of us, but I don't want to do that because that's your sport and you literally play professionally. So not going to ask that. <laughs> Basketball, two on one, me and Newt versus you. Um, I'm 5'10", 5'9 and three quarters, but I round up to 5'10". Newt is about 5'9"-ish. Five, yeah, I'll, th- I'll give myself 5'9". We, we can both jump pretty high, yeah. not near as high as I used to in high school. We're kind of athletic, um, probably less athletic than we think we are, but yeah, I don't know. Two against one. Would you throw us a bone there? Two against one? Basketball. We could space them out well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we could. Y'all can shoot. Y'all will beat me for sure. But all right. If you if you one can't, of us will get hot. Yeah. <laughs> if you you have no chance. I'm not gonna lie. Oh man. How tall are you, Willie? I'm I'm six foot technically. But I six think I'm technically. <laughs> Do you, do you round up on the roster? I'm going to look up what's your, the game uh, program so. right now. I, then I we're going to take yeah, an inch off of, of it and 10 pounds off of it. Probably, I'm looking this up right now. Probably 5'11". I don't know. I didn't look since my rookie year. I've grown a little bit. So I'm going to just say six. What's that years. yoga? You're stretching. Question answered. I, I did yoga for like a year straight and someone told me I was taller after See? it. Like when? that was the best compliment I ever got the entire fucking year. I was like, I had someone tell me I was taller. Like, wow, that never <laughs> happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> wait, Willie, I, I got your bio. Do you want to guess or do you want me to tell you what it is? It's it's either five eleven or six foot, but I know I'm six foot in, in my heart. I know I, I know. <laughs> hey, five eleven two thirty. Tell your coach to remeasure you. That's bullshit. You, you, yeah. If anything, round up. Don't round down. They, this year they're gonna fix that, man. No worries, no worries. I got it. All right, I'm go- I'm gonna be looking out for it, man. We'll get a Twitter movement that. going. Get Please, Willie to six Willie. foot, <laughs> six foot Willie. Please. <laughs> oh. uh. God. Uh. Well, okay, Willie. One of my last questions. I technically already asked my last question, but I'm just firing off the you know seat of my pants here. What is the Cleveland Browns record for the upcoming season? Hopefully no losses. So 17 and out. Hey, no losses. Is that a guarantee? Nothing's guaranteed. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what we're shooting for. No losses, man. But one week at a time for sure. But the ultimate goal is to not lose ever. So if you were to choose who would prevent you from going undefeated in your conference, Who's going to be the person that's going to prevent you from doing that? Is it Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, or the stud, Mitch Trubisky? It's got to be Mitch, right? Ah, man. I'd be more afraid of Mike Tomlin than anyone. I can't. uh, Hey, undefeated, man. Undefeated. (laughs) It's not going to happen. All right. We can't get him. No no loss is going to happen. I love it. That's the right mentality to have. All right, Willie, I got a general cyclone question. Since you had so many cool fucking cyclone wins during your career, what was your favorite during your playing time? What was my – oh, I got to think about this one. Um, uh, favorite win. Should we rattle off a couple new – you got the West Virginia one. Um, you got the Liberty Bowl, obviously, K-State 2018. You got Oklahoma TCU. 2017. TCU 2017. Gosh, 2017 had so many. I'm blanking on 2016. Um, 
we smoked Patrick Mahomes in 20, oh, yes. 2016. Yes. The yeah. Patrick Mahomes game. That's why um, that's maybe one of my favorite games because I was like, what the fuck happened here? Joe Lanning, <laughs> five touchdowns. Wow. Crazy. Um uh, I would I I would say the Kansas State game because was that our first time beating Kansas State in, in nine years? Ten years. That was nine it, or that ten was years. Nine. Yeah, yeah, and it was easy. cold as fuck. I was at that yeah. game. It was amazing. We were both at that game. Couldn't all feel three much. of us. Yeah. Wow. wow. Look at wow. us. <laughs> we all contributed to that win today, that day. <laughs> I was cheering my ass off. I couldn't feel my toes. Hey, we were some of the fans that didn't leave in the fourth quarter. I don't know if you saw that, Willie. There were some fans leaving that we weren't, oh, yeah, we weren't yeah. them. We stuck around. That's some real ones, man. Shout out to y'all, man. Shout out to y'all for sticking. See, we this is what we do in our interviews. We just fish for compliments, and and we eventually <laughs> pressure you into giving us the compliment. It's it's good. Yeah, this this is going exactly how we want it to go. <laughs> Working out for y'all, man. <laughs> well, Willie, before we leave, uh, just one last question we like to get out there. You know, what, what's something that you've been working on, or just something that you'd like to promote that we can just kind of you know be on the lookout for you, or what's just something that you know makes Willie Harvey tick. What have I been working on? Um, nothing, nothing, actually nothing but football at the moment. Um, uh, but I can give some words of advice for people, you know. Please. For anybody, just a, some general advice. Um, every, day, every day is not a good day, but every day is a great day. And if you live like that, you can't lose. So that's something I go by every day. Um, so, yeah. Some positive for the people, man. Some positive. Willie Wisdom. Willie <laughs> I love it. Willie Wisdom yeah. Wednesday. All right, man. Well, uh, before we let you go, one last thing we do is we uh, just give our listeners a quick little roll clones before we sign off. So, Willie, thank you again so much for coming on, man. Uh, best of luck this upcoming season. Would love to talk with you again sometime. But in the meantime, roll clones. Roll clones, man. Appreciate y'all for having me, man. Roll clones, baby. Thanks again, Willie. Sure. Yeah, thank you, man.